0: Moses Welcome. Welcome to another episode of We Own the Table, where we are not big, bone, or still in the seat at the table, because we built this table. And today, I have the wonderful Kim Carter. I mean, I don't usually do this. I don't usually have a script here with folks' uh, bio, but with Kim, I, had, I was like, okay, let me look. Let me plug that, okay? Uh, let me plug that. Let me plug that. I was like, I got to read this whole doggone thing with everything that's been going on with this sister friend right here. But Kim Carter is the founder and ambassador of Time for Change. She is a powerful leader for transforming the lives of those impacted by poverty, marginalized, and recidivism. That's the one thing that led me to Kim years ago when I first met Kim was the work that she has been doing with Time for Change. Kim has been changing the lives of women all up and down the state of California. And I you know, I, I haven't talked to you in a while, Kim, but I'm kinda of afraid to ask if you know your reach is even coming outside of California because I know you've been moving and shaking. You 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 were in Southern California doing a lot of work. Now I see you've expanded in Northern California and I'm pretty sure you kind of touching touching lives all in between but you are just a dynamic force to be reckoned with in this particular industry for certain I mean I when I sat on the city council and I met you my interest was okay she knows a lot about housing and and making sure people are not homeless and people are being taken care of because giving people second chances, that's that's near and dear to my heart. And so I said, let me reach out to her so I can learn a little something more about, you know, what she's been doing that's been so successful. Lord, when I tell y'all, I didn't know that I was going to get rained on <laughs> with so much information. This woman, I mean, you are setting the trend. Like, you you are the model your organization the organization that you created is the model not just in california is the model that needs to be followed across the nation and i just i I can't say enough about you and the work that you've done the lives that you have touched the 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 the, the things that you have changed people are are living better lives getting your children back I mean, working, getting their own places, like the, the, these are folks who systems have counted out. You know, these are folks who, even those 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 systems who say, oh, we re- rehabilitate. Now, Kim, you really out here rehabilitating lives and changing people's lives for the better. And not just the mothers, but the children, the entire family unit. So without further ado, Uh, Y'all, sister friends, we got Kim Carter here and I'm going to let you, Kim, just just tell these folks who you are and and, and how, how did you get here? How did you get to this place here? Well, first of all, I want to say thanks for that amazing introduction. Uh, I really appreciate
1: the opportunity to be on the show. I really love, you know, the title "We Own the Table" because for so long, you know, I was one of those people who was counted out. I was one of those ones who was marginalized. You know, I don't get here by way of, you know, Broadway. I get here from homeless encampments. I get here from the penitentiary. I get here from prostitution, drug addiction. See, I get here the long road, right? And so when I finally made it back into the realms of this thing called society, the last thing I needed was somebody trying to tell me how I got to go back to where I came from. See, sometimes we think of rehabilitated, but we never look at, was I ever even habilitated, right? Did I ever even have a chance? So some of my sisters that I work with, you know, they never had a chance. They was already born into a dysfunctional family, heavily drug-infested, gang and violence neighborhood in schools that was underperforming, in neighborhoods that was underinvested. They was already packaged and prepared for another system. And it wasn't a system of health and well-being. It's a system of despair. It's a system of oppression and it's a system of, you know, taking our black and our brown bodies and profiteering off of it in these other industries like the criminal justice industry, you know, in the nonprofit industrial complex, the industries, all these industries that need our bodies. And so I said, rather than me continue to be a product of someone else's system, let me start producing. Let me start producing what I know is in there because inside of me was a person who wanted to live and wanted to change. So I'm Kim Carter, I'm the founder of Time for Change Foundation, and that's why it's called Time for Change and not called Kim's Carter House or you know a KC's House a whole. Because it was always about change. But I didn't know that change would not only just mean changing women's lives, but we had to change the laws. I didn't know that there were so many policies that targeted little low black men. How did I become so important that you know all these parenting policies was targeting my behavior? You know, hey, we had to get a law made recently just about our hair. You hear me? The Crown Act. That is how cold the system has been to, to the black woman. And so, you know, I'm proud to be a black woman. I'm proud to be a woke and a conscious black woman. And I'm proud to be one that can motivate others. So, when you said that my reach is far-reaching, outside of California, it's international, right? So, you know, out of 50,000 nominations in 80 different countries, you know, my organization and myself made to the top 10 of top 10 for CNN HERO. And we heard our agency being spoke across the world in 19 different languages. And so it's not, it's about motivating. It's about giving hope to people that if she can do it, you know, i can too so i don't get to sit here like you know i was a cnn hero from birth no i've been through some stuff to get here so about that table oh i'm gonna make a table everywhere i go because i can't wait for nobody to prepare a table for me what? Uh, and i am a, I am a woman of faith so you know my guys say i will prepare a table for you in, in, in the midst your enemies that ain't gonna give you no empty table so I get to feast on stuff, right? But I'm not gonna feast on stuff when my sisters is out there hungry. So my job and my role is to go in and help women get out of prison, come home, reunite with their children and rebuild their families. My job is to go under the bridge and get women who are homeless and bring them in so they can go ahead and rebuild their lives. And we've done it for over 1,700 women. And I get to see women today that 19 years ago came through my program. There's now not only taxpayer citizens, but are voting, but are doing civic engagement, that are involved with their children's education, that are part of making safer neighborhoods for our community. Because see, we keep us safe, right? We don't need to be over police and under-protected. We need to make sure that we are in charge of what we need for our community and quit being dependent on others and try to depend on ourselves. So, you know, we're really about self-sufficiency. We don't recycle the homelessness. Like, you don't come in homeless, leave out homeless. We don't time you out because we know that it's a healing, right? So to your audience, let me hear you say healing. There's a no, heal that has to take place, right? And that healing comes from healing from all of the trauma. We have had traumatic experiences being oppressed in these systems, whether it's microaggressions with these little cairns running around, running their mouth, or whether it's these systems that deny you opportunity when you're supposed to be able to get it, whether it's these um, irregularities and processes. Because it's like, for me, when I show up, all I say to people is, do not change the rules because I'm here. Whatever the playing field was before I showed up, <laughs> make sure that you're still doing that play. Do not
0: let me see that you change the rules because you going to have a problem. That's right. Keep, a live, keep, keep, keep it how it's been. That's right. That's right. That's all I'm saying. You know, and, 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 and I don't always get all
1: the pursuits that I pursue. I don't know. They all have all the material life, but I pursue enough of them that they have them that they do, they'd be really great, right? Because I don't seek mediocrity. I seek perfection. I seek success. I seek the best because I want to give
0: the best to those who need the most. Let me stop you right there for a minute. Let me stop you right there for a minute. You just said a word. You don't seek for me. Okay. Sister Friends, if you don't get anything else from Kim Carter today, you better get this message right here because I see it, I'm seeing way too many folks who are settling for just good enough. Who are selling for let me just get on by and then they expect for this greatness to happen with whatever it is that they're working on and then they can't understand okay why am I not you know why am I not operating or receiving on the same level as let's say a Kim Carter because you're not you're not putting out the same energy and efforts you know you sitting up here saying well I'm just going to give what they I'm just going to take what they give me you know, so I'm so glad that you said that because I think that's so important in order for folks to rise kind of on that level of where you have been. 1,700 women? Yes. 1,700 women. And this week we reunited our
1: ninth child from foster care back with their mom. 299 children, but for the grace of God and Time for Change Foundation, Right would have been sold off into foster care to strangers everlasting had it not been for us providing that very basic need that women have, and that is housing and support services. See, they have, um, the system has taken our culture and our way of life, and they have demonized it, and they have came against women who are suffering from extreme poverty, and they have said, you are neglecting your child. Not abusing, neglecting. You're unable to provide food, clothing, and shelter. And we all know that poppy is the number one indicator of not having your lights on. Poverty is a number one indicator of not having enough food in your refrigerator. Poverty is a number one indicator of living in an apartment building that might have water that don't run or toilets that's not fixed because we already know how slum doors get down, right? They can only get down because there are people who cannot even afford to move. So here you Mm -hmm. come, system, instead of you addressing the root cause, which is poverty, what you say is, oh, your clothes is piled up, you haven't washed in weeks. Oh, you running around here with your baby outside, they need to have on suntan lotion. So you come up with these regulations and you demonize our motherhood. You know, out of all the children across the United States that have been under the investigation of the child welfare system, 50% of them are black. But we're mm. only 5% of the world's population. Mm. But half the children are black children see the government is the only entity that can come into your home legally and take your kids set up your parental rights and make your kids orphan the government can do that they used to do it to the indians they got the indian child welfare act right now so one of the things that we're working on especially here in california it's to stop that dual track process of you working with reunifying kids and adopting them out i mean i mean sister for real why is it that if you come to me and you say, well you know you only working your little two part-time jobs and you're not putting your kid in the proper child care and you see i'm in poverty you say i'm not on drugs i'm just trying I'm just, on, I'm just i'm just doing what i gotta do instead of giving me that extra income you take my child and give extra income to the stranger somebody else yeah. understand, you know right so all yeah. that-
0: so, 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 so my child, come with a check, but not when it's with me, when it's oh, Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, wait a minute, that was a shut your lips moment right there. Your child come with a check for somebody else to take care of them, but not for you, for you and your child to stay out of poverty. I hadn't even thought about that, Kim, just I hadn't even thought about that the cold system and so while you know i am a product of the criminal justice system
1: i definitely see how these systems are intertwined and now that everybody know that racism is a public health crisis now that everybody know that black lives matter now that everybody know that black women have been the most under Underrepresented and uh, and harshly treated here in America, and because they're looking at everything from a, from a paternalistic society, when the matter is for black women, we have taken care of our families and our men. See, we have, we haven't we wasn't came on this on this on this uh, America with the luxury of letting our man go out and work, come home, take care of us. That's the white ideology right there, period. From day one over here in the United States, we have been taking care of our kids, hoping we don't find our men hung patting his back when he got the lesson from the master on there, watching our kids be so and still we continue. Yet we persisted. So no matter how much pain and trauma we went through, we kept going no matter what. So they say we got this thing called Black Girl Magic. Because it must be magic because anybody in their right mind will succumb to that pain and that suffering. But that Black woman, she going to keep on going. We could we could tear her family apart, sell her kids out to foster care, you know what I'm saying? Uh, have her in these jobs with these with these glass ceilings, and we'll we'll make her train her new boss. You know what I'm saying? Or how to be her boss, right? And she gonna keep standing. But today the black woman is rising and saying, No, 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 no. That not only do we matter, we know our vote matter, and our voice matters, so y'all better watch out. Cause this part of right now and, 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 and don't get it twisted. We ain't we ain't really that nice. <laughs> we have been hoping we just been hoping and praying for a better day we've been trying to all get along but we ain't been really that
0: nice and we are tired of being sick and tired <laughs> well, 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 sure you you're about to have me in here shouting i'm over here just like you are about to have me in here just going i said kill me here have a church she is straight up having church up in here today." i mean you i mean you have hit so many points so many points and you're right. It's a new day. The time is now, you know, and that's why it was so important for you to be on this show because you get, it. you get it, you know, raw, unfiltered, uncut. We're not trying to pacify anybody. We have done that for years. Like you said, the black woman has been the mother for everyone. We have, we have, you know let our milk down for everyone everybody has breastfeed on on the black woman's uh nutrients and we have taken care of everyone but every time it turns around it's like nope not you not your time not your not your time not your check not your kids not your bill not check, home not your check. i'll yeah. get you hundred but i gonna give you 10 million thank you not thank your you check. Thank you. I'm gonna give you enough. Just I'm gonna give you just enough so you can be um, conditioned to to always have to come back to this system, the same system that's gonna rob you, that's gonna break you down, and that's not gonna uplift you. So yeah, I'm gonna give you these little trinkets just so you can keep coming on back, and I can control everything that you're doing this thing. I mean, I'm so uh, glad to see that you have expanded. You're right, international. 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 I When you were nominated for CNN, I was over there voting like every day. I was like, let me, let me, let me, can you vote for me, vote for (laughs) me? me. (laughs) But you know what? You are the prime example. You know, I have served in public office. I have been a politician. You know, it took a long time for me to even even nurture that, even that that title of politician because I didn't see myself as a politician. I just saw myself as, a, as, a, uh, uh, as a, a child of God who happened to serve in, in politics or whatever, but I didn't see myself as, as a politician. But one thing that you have done, which I, I'm glad that you're here and you're talking about that because you talked about changing laws. You don't have to serve in public office to make a difference in, in policy and in programs and politics. You don't have to. A lot of people run, like when I say, hey, why don't you run for office, especially black women? They're like, oh, no, no, that ain't my thing. That's not for me. But it gotta, some of us have to do it because otherwise we're not at the table. We're being left out at the table. But you brought up a great point that you still can make those changes and don't even have to be in those positions. How have you been so successful in making these change, changes on this policy? Because uh, I know that you have been very busy with state, local, you know, all types of different policies and getting laws changed for the betterment of the people who you serve. So one of the things that comes with being franchised as
1: opposed to disenfranchised is understanding how the franchise works, right? So the system, you know, and in the in, in the body politic you know, basically for black women, women of color, communities of color, we was raped of our our voice. We wasn't at the ballot box. So now I know exactly how many votes it takes to get a person elected to the office now i know what your job is when you are in office now i know how your job is to make decisions on the budget so now how i know how not only do i get you in the office i have to make sure that I, while you're in there that you see me on a regular basis because i need to inform you of what to do so people have been making laws without even asking us like what should they do right so we were being impacted by a law so I like to say we went from breaking laws to making laws. So, you know, I'm a Women's Policy Institute fellow, and I've been up and down the city of California with politicians. I've learned, you know, the bill process, the budget process, and how it all goes. Now, one thing about an elected official, you can't get elected if you don't got people that's voting for you. And so an image is everything. Brand and image is everything elected officials. So sort the of thing about it is you always want to be able to know what is that policymaker's brand, what do they stand for, and align yourself with people who have similar values. So there are some people that we don't share values, so don't waste your time there. Get, it, get with the ones that we do have similar values and just propose policies to them and then become co sponsored. We have co sponsored bills. I've came up with ideas for laws. They've taken it for because they don't know what needs to be changed. That's what our job is. That's a part of the civic engagement. You know, I would never per- personally run for office and I say that today, but never means I could change my mind tomorrow because I am the black woman. <laughs> you know what I'm but what I get a great, what I get a joy out of is helping to get them that support that they need. They have, you have to get in there and support our citizens in office. They need money for the campaign. They they need volunteers. And so you know, when you come from a, a mentality of you know working so hard for pennies, you know the idea of volunteering is like, I don't got time for that. I'm, I'm over here struggling. But when we get into that part of the giving, right? When we get to the spirit of giving, that we have to give time to the campaigns to help our Black sisters to not only get in office but to stay in office, and we got to hold them accountable. Because the worst thing in the world that you hate is somebody getting office. Also, they, they act like they forgot why you got to. They win. get brand new. So they get, get brand, new. brand new. So then, when they get pulled out, you be like, "See now, now see now." I'm like, saying, "You now, you now, now, you know my name. Now you know the call as call." <laughs> Yeah. You know, say my name, say my name. <laughs> and, see, and see, and the thing about it is that we're looking at being most effective. And if it's a black woman in there who is, is uh, don't went to the middle of the road and she's not pushing no uh, progressive policy to really impact the community, then I don't care if you're a black sister in there now. Now, if, if I can find a Hispanic sister going to push a policy that's going to alleviate some of the pain and suffering happening to my women and children, that's what I'm going to roll with. So it's about being effective. Right. So if you're going to be powerful, you got to get results. Result means being effective. So I want to be making sure that I'm getting results. I want to see alleviation of pain and suffering. I want the system to get their foot off of my community's neck. That's it. Right. We ain't even trying to get you for your money because the bottom line is we are so brilliant. Our entrepreneurship skills is impeccable So now here I am. If I'm able to come and create not only an organization, but I created like three or four different companies right? Successful ones. If I can do that after having been smoked on crack, imagine what you could do. You didn't been to college and stuff. Yeah. All you need right now is to put me to light that fire under you to get you on track to do what God wants you to do. You didn't got educated. Now what's your excuse? You need somebody that's motivation, somebody that's passionate, somebody that's care to for the community. you have something bigger than yourself, you working for it and then you won't sit at home and do nothing. You will get out there and you will go make it happen because the world
0: is waiting on us. Man. Man, you just you just dropped some nuggets right there, and I'm not talking about catfish or chicken. Okay, no, you just dropped some nuggets, and I mean that's I mean that's so true. And you, the one thing that you said that really hit close to home for me. And having had served in political office, you're right. People get in; they may do something. It's a little harder for black women that's running for them to get the support that they deserve and need and the money. Because people always forget it takes money to get people in office. But it just doesn't stop when that person gets elected. Because what tends to happen is folks get in the office and people scatter like roaches when the lights come on. You're like, where's all the people who was marching with me, who was knocking on doors, who was, you know, rallying on my behalf? they gone. And these people need that support all the way through. They're in their whole entire term. You know, they need your support. Not necessarily always monetary. Sometimes people just need somebody just to call and say, oh, girl, they, they, they at me today. And I need you to, you know, I need, I need some words of encouragement to keep going. Because so I'm so glad that you recognize that, that it's important for us to make sure, and especially as black women, that if we're going to run, that we run and keep our integrity. And then if they're going to run, we also hold them account- accountable no matter what race they
1: are. Well, and you think about it is you have to know if you're going to be a woman of color and you're going to be successful, you're going to be targeted. I mean, here I am. I'm, I'm not even elected official, but I get white men, millionaires, come out their bed to come fight against my little stuff, you know. <laughs> I because see, I'm an affordable housing developer, and so the fact that I know how to build buildings and and, and, and do it at a cost-effective web measure and to be able to allow it to be accessible for women of color to be able to get into those low-income houses that look so so good that makes them that makes them shaking their boots. They coming out, they coming out, speaking up on my projects. I mean, I don't care, Tanya. It could be some dirt that's been sitting there for 25 years. Ain't nobody touched it. Kim Carter say, hey, I want I want that dirt. I want to build some affordable housing on it. I try to get that dirt, and everybody kept the city council meeting. Oh, wait a minute, sir, but if you want that land, why don't you just go ahead and buy it? Because surely you're a millionaire, you can afford it. I'm just trying to put together some pennies to go ahead and put up a couple of 15, 20 units of low-income housing. I ain't trying to do a whole block. I ain't trying to do a subway, a park, a new, a new uh, library and all that. I'm not even going to get in your way with all that. I'm just trying to just do a little something something for my community because I'm tired of waiting for the housing authority with an eight-year waiting list for my women to get housing they can afford. I'm tired of the world calling them essential workers. They out here working, putting life on the line, but can't even afford the rent that's currently going on in the Inland Empire or the Bay Area. So who else going to build housing for us? Surely the government's not keeping up with the man, we wouldn't have such a long waiting list. So you must be waiting on me. And so, you know, I, I get them all ruffled up. Cause, and then I'm financially literate. So, you know, when it comes to them budgets and talking them dollars, I'll be right there with them they don't like it they don't like it because i can show you all the money that's just being wasted they could be used to actually help people and my whole thing is what's wrong with really helping people ain't nobody taking you from your high class you know whatever you got going on to help people who making 15 dollars an hour 20 dollars an hour why shouldn't they be able to have affordable housing have money for the movies on the weekend, take care of their kids, be able to buy medicine, and go to work too. Why does it have to be they want to work 40, 50 hours a week and still can't afford the basics? It's, it's too much in this world for it to be uh, too much suffering, too much um, extreme poverty when we got so much income inequality that's happening. So we got income inequality, we got racial inequality, You know, at Time for Change Foundation, one of the things that people say, how are you able to um, work with the black women? And and, because we have a hard time keeping them and, and getting them because you don't really know us. You're afraid to ask the black woman, what does she actually need? Because if she tell you, you actually got to do some work to get it. And so Mm -hmm. it's not like you can create these programs. We're supposed to just come and and sit up in there. We know BS when we see it. We are the black woman. You know, We want to see it, touch it, feel it, smell it, taste it, eat it, let me swallow it and and digest it before I believe. Right. So if, if you're not selling me some really good hope and keeping me motivated, I can't believe it because I've been hoodwinked so many times it's just like hard for me to grasp onto, you know, a possibility. But when you take your program and you shape it in a where they can actually always see success. So all of our alumni, we always have them a part of the program. So they can see a sister that two years ago was where they at. Now that sister got her own place, got her car. Now she's doing good. So we always keep in front of them an example. So it's not like, oh, Kim Carter, 27 years ago I was in prison. It's not. If somebody two years ago was and now they're doing well, up parole, got a job one of the things that we just got um, started opened up was a restaurant right so here we are so we do a community development so you know we, we build affordable housing and we just got donated a restaurant and you know we got it all cleaned up we ain't opened it yet because we in the middle of the covid so the covid brought a blessing right the covid brought a brought a restaurant and we're going to turn it into something that's going to be a micro enterprise social enterprise um we're thinking along the lines of you know Can we create some kind of a product that can be used in other food service industries, right? Mm. How do we give our women opportunity for the entrepreneurship that we're teaching them to be able to use their space to create something? Not just we're gonna we are going we do not want to just start flipping burgers. That ain't a that ain't a wholesale dream right there. But can we use that restaurant? Kitchen to help folks who are trying to be sous chefs to come in and get their sous chef cook on. Do we have people coming and learn how to do certain kind of meals to be in a certain kind of industry? You know, like like what can we do that's vibrant? It's going to help the community, even a uh, healthy stuff. So we're looking into that. And and where we, is this? um What area are you looking at, this Kim? So the restaurant is already in San Bernardino. It was the old Yum Yums restaurant, right behind. Oh the- yes fifth uh-huh fit, yes. you know, uh, so so now we have the restaurant and we're just looking at how we're going to um utilize that space that's going to be a part of a larger strategy. our larger strategy is I want to create this hub. So, see, being in the Bay Area and being able here with this fresh water and this fresh breeze with these fresh people have gave me, given me some fresh innovation, some fresh ideas. And so one of the things that I know we're missing in the Inland Empire is innovation. We don't have a place where you can bring your idea and take it from idea to concept to product, right? We don't have a place you can pitch your product and get investors. We don't have capital investors sitting there. We don't even have really good Wi-Fi. Like, like we need to have... Innovation, you know, grow their code. We need to have all that centralized in one location. So I want to start what I'm going to call the Bebop Center, Black and Brown Opportunity for Profit Center. And I want to do that in the uh, city of San Bernardino and have like 16 different Cold office spaces and, and conference rooms. I want to have the walls, man, that whiteboard where you can walk by and write your idea up. You know, I didn't been up in here, I didn't been in Google, I didn't been in Facebook, I didn't been in Silicon Valley, I didn't been in Uber, I didn't been in Square Up. I see how the office space look. I see how they get down in there, and that vibe and that energy. That It just brings out stuff for you. Like, like we got to create our own economy. What works for us? We got to recycle our own dollars. So I'm excited about that. And you know, I got a little entrepreneurship in me and, and these other women around here. They just as brilliant as well. They got kind of ideas. Let's put our heads together. Let's start making an economy that works for us. And then we're going to go and we're going to tap into, on a federal level, the Secretary of Interior. Cause we need to make sure that we're not getting our knees chopped off at the tray at the uh tray to be done because one of the things that bothers me i'm just going to tell you what really bothers me is that i can't get my black hair products from my black sister see that bothers me <laughs> that bothers me and i go to plenty of barber shops and plenty of hair shops and i see my black sisters in there owning shops and all that but we ain't got we ain't got our own stuff Yaki here and all that because the trade is monopolized and the deal's been made at the border before stuff even comes in here. But who's gonna sell us stuff? So you look at the population of people who sells us that product, they're the same everywhere you go. I don't care if you're in New York, you in Philadelphia, you never that same population of people sell us the product because the deal was made. See, we want mm-hmm. have to undo some of those deals so we can be a part of the global economy. The global economy. You see what I'm saying? And so I'm excited about that. I probably got a good 20 more years left on these tires.
0: <laughs> Girl, I'm telling you, I them tires ain't never wearing out. I just don't see it happening. I just don't see it happening. I mean you have always been so very innovative and that's really what really draw that that drama drew, drew me to you because I was like, man, I was like the ideas that she's coming with. is like, okay, whoop, here's the, you know, here's, here's the wall that they put up and you were like, okay, no problem. Uh, let me go on around that. that you know, the wall you putting up ain't stopping nothing, you know? And I was like, and then you bring it and then you always you you fill in the gap, you bridge the gap, and then you bring people together. You always bring people together who necessarily weren't having conversations with each other that needed to. This organization, like it was disjointed until you came into the picture and said, wait a minute, you have this, you have this, you have that, all of you have something that's needed for this. Why y'all not talking and bringing that together? Then you bring them folks together, then they like, oh yeah, you know, like they always been on the train. <laughs> no, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah, Think about it. This is how I look at it.
1: If you're, if if I can help your business to be successful, then you're one more sister friend with a successful business. If I ever fall on hard times, I try to call my sister friend. I want to be surrounded with sister friends that are very, very successful. Period. Because success gleans success, and success is not a destination, it's just a benchmark to greater things. But if we can get enough successful systems on track, because we all got it in us, Mm -hmm. we can imagine multiple businesses not even having the LLC. We've been doing that for for years. Right, so we come together with this hub. You know, the ideas that I have, you know, like tapping into you know small business administration, getting your EIN number and stuff together, you know, getting your product tested. There's so many things that we really want to get patents on. We got ideas, but we know they still black people's intellectual property, you know. And me, people want to take me to lunch. I was like, mm, I'm gonna sit here, I'm gonna eat, and I'm gonna give you just a little, little bit because, <laughs> see, Karen. You gotta uh, sign up for my consulting services if you want me to do business development and tell you what to do with your fifty. That part That's right there. I heard, I got That's a right there. I got a business called the Center for Housing Advancement and Motivation Projects, and the website is com. Kimschamp.com. So. I can help you think the, think the whole idea through, from idea all the way to product, right? But at the end of the day, if I'm gonna put that time and effort into building your dream, then at the end of the day, you're gonna have to sow into my business, right? It, it goes like that, right? And so, you know, as black women, we have to make sure that we don't let people to intellectual property because you know ain't nothing changed from when James Brown and them was out trying to make songs and they was taking their tunes and we can look at the Lion King right now and the Lion King the lyric was done by some man all the way in some hut in Africa and his family and them finally got a little bit of money and what did they say we gonna give the money to some white trustees in Africa to, to uh, give it to them because they never had they never they never had kind of money before and then the money wound up getting squandered anyway like no We need to be able to be in charge of our own monies, our own economies, and make our own decisions. We can think now, we can read now. Hello, world. (laughs) We're here.
0: (laughs) We got this. (laughs) We sure do. We sure do. Oh my goodness. And you're so right. You're so right. And it's not that and it's sad because. Not only do they take our intellectual property, we give it away. We give it away and we just like, oh, he, here you go on the platter, here you go. And then we sit with like, oh my goodness, how you know somebody's doing what I've been dreaming about for years. You know? So I'm so glad that you really tapping into that, especially that whole entrepreneurial side, because that's that's where it's gonna be for a lot of folks, especially now that we see what's happening with COVID. And we see the responses of our, our our federal government. They don't care anything about what's going on and what you got going on. To see all these people out here fighting and hustling and trying to get PPP and EIDL, and and then they were getting to run around and then you know uh, denied and, and all this stuff. And mainly black folks. And then they were telling them, oh, your application wasn't filled out right. You didn't you didn't dot your i across your t. And so we were left out of the table. And then it was like then when it was this cry, it was like okay, let's get him a little bit, but we're still not gonna give him as much as as, as um my homie over here who owned this multi million dollar business who didn't even need the money, but we're gonna give him, you know, you know, a couple hundred million dollars. We're gonna come over here and give this person, you know, Kanye West even got a piece of the pie. <laughs> so, you know so we have to take matters into our own hands when it comes to our our destiny we can't we can't sit back and look for anyone to say okay we're gonna step up and make sure you get what you need
1: no exactly one of the things that um you know when we talk about black lives matter and we talk about the number one uh cop for the nation basically doesn't even regard black life as something that matters. You know, well, I heard him on the TV the other day talking about, well, you know, there's been a few incidences, but like, there's no big deal that you say officers shoot the unarmed black man. It's no big deal to you, right? And so, that, them was our brothers, them was our sons, them was our sisters, and we feel that same trauma and tension we felt back in the day when, when our men was up there hanging from a tree. Ain't nothing changed when it comes to that pain, that suffering, and what us, is in our DNA. You know, it took me a, a, some days to really, you know, come out of a, a funk after George Floyd. I mean, some days like, you know, usually I can like come back a little bit. You know, it took me some days and basically it was like mourning, Right. So I was so my DNA was born and my genetic code was mourning, at that white officer putting his knee on my brother's neck and acting like that wasn't the life up under there. You, you see what I'm saying? And we're not going to go. We're not going to go back into uh, the way it was. COVID-19, we had a pandemic. We got an epidemic. We got unemployment rates. We got people is waiting. We, we got evictions that's been to hit this world like a tsunami, right? We got a Katrina where the hurricanes happening with the evictions about to hit this world right now. And then let me just tell you my latest pet peeve about the Inland Empire. You know John Hughes, and he does this Empire Economic Partnership. He puts out this article saying that, you know, uh, actually, black people in the Inland Empire have I saw that. Yeah,
0: I said to myself, "Hold up! First of all, do we need John Hughes in speaking on black people? Number that, one." Number I two, saw that, and I was like, "Okay, he's not the one to 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 put that article out." No, but, um, but he, he put it out because he, yeah, he put it out because it's a
1: part of that narrative. Yeah. I'm going to dummy this stuff down for the Inland Empire so we can do business as usual. But see, racism is a public health crisis and it is white supremacy going on. And, and you are a part of that system because at the same time, we had a report come out called Ain't No Sunshine and it was put out by UCR along with the Black Workers Center and it talked about the dismal uh, data regarding black people's employment in the Inland Empire. And what do you do, John Hugin? You you do an article in a paper, you ain't even consulting a black people. You don't even have no black friends, number one. Number two, you're a part of the Empire Economic Partnership. Y'all don't even have no black people on your staff. None of your staff, none of your board, none of your management. You do not need to be talking about black people. You need to shut your hole talking about black people. And so they're working on a response to that right now. But they lucky I wasn't down there because I done had a- response out the next day but i did put it on social media Cause see what you're going to try to do is act like the Illinois empire the last place of the kkk you're going to act like you're going to just turn around and get us back to where we was no 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 we don't have no more comfortable black folks in the Inland empire everybody is upset everybody is done and all the older ones they too tired to march anyway but we're not going to go back the way it was covid is affecting us Racism is affecting us, the pandemic affecting us, and we just can't sit here on the sideload and let this bum. And when I say bum, it's because how dare you? How dare you? How dare, it's like a random article. Randomly, you decide to walk in. But see, I know you did that because somebody asked you to, because see, there's some other rooms going on where, you know, we have funders who fund the oppressor and fund the people who are doing the work, right? And it's our job to show the funders, you're, you're working against us. You're thinking helping build their activity, gonna help our people, but they are part of our problem. So see what it is right now, that they're trying to position themselves that blessed ain't that bad, because the world know right now, if you don't know right now, black people need investment in communities, you have a black led organization, black women led organization needs support, you ain't gonna never know. And so, I feel like that little article was a ploy to try to set some new data out. But, like that report came out and said, ain't no sunshine. Okay, so that means the UCR and um, Blue Educational Foundation and Black Workers Center did some data. Black people got it bad in the empire. We ain't that big of a population in there, but we got most of the data when it comes to. HIV, when it comes to maternal child health, with infant mortality, unemployment, you know, homelessness. (laughs) COVID-19. You see what I'm saying? And we ain't even that big of a population in in the empire, but we got, but we're in the bottom of all the data. And this bunk come out with that kind of report? Not on my watch. So it's stuff like that. You know, then I'll get attacked and all that. But guess what? (laughs) My god. When he say, "Let me follow your battles," I be doing just that. God, how really? did that light <laughs> right over there? <laughs> the- oh my back. goodness! <laughs> it's just a distraction see that kind of stuff i distracts you from the primary purpose but if you let it go undone it just derails progress that's being made on the ground you know so we actually got things happening on the ground successful things happening on the ground it's not going to be stopped because you can't stop the sun from coming up you see what i'm saying so at the end of the day that's just one more uh lesson to show us that that the, 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 the oppressors ain't sleep <laughs> you know and they ain't all died off yet neither <laughs> They' still right there waiting to write an article for nothing,
0: yeah, and and when I saw the article, I was like, there's no there one it was no there was you know they like to get into when we come out with something, they ask us where's the scientific data and where's the you know where's the numbers and where's it coming from, and what how is it driving and when I read that, I was like, this is an opinion piece, you know this isn't even a." It's not data driven. It's not. There's not a lot that went into it. And like you said, it didn't even include the the very people who you are talking about in the article. Like you didn't even, you know, you didn't even bother to say, you know, even just reach out to the NAACP. You know, you did. You didn't even do that that benchmark. You know, (laughs) you know, you didn't even you didn't even touch that surface. You know, and say, hey. What are you saying about this or whatnot so yeah when when I read it, I said, okay it it was nothing new um it's not a new tactic. It's just you know they you know they they they're digging the crates these days to to circle back around to to go back to some of the things of where we were because uh, there's a lot of people that's afraid for um for you know black people as a whole. Include especially black women to elevate and to rise. And especially at this given time right now. And I believe that that's why you see so many efforts in trying to dismantle any type of efforts that we we're making to better our communities. You know, just like, you know, the other day, Trump came out and talked about, Oh, you know we're we're gonna stop all these diversity conversations. So if you're gonna you know if it's diversity you can't you can't get no federal dollars talking about you know anything diversity. And then what last night he come out to talk about well we're gonna talk about patriotism. So I got a new curriculum that's you know going out across the world about patriotism, which really means non you know if you if you're black if you're brown if you any if you're anything else. We're not talking about it. Exactly. And the bottom line is, but he already showed us who he was. See, when somebody showed me who they
1: are, I believe it.
0: Well, exactly. we knew that. That's why I don't understand why people get, like, every day the shock. And I'm like, but he was doing this before he got into office. Like, so why are you surprised? Like, I, I, he, I, before I, he got I, in, he was telling you he was grabbing people by peas. Before, you know, like, all of this happened before he he, he got in. But he got in. And you the, know, it, the thing about it is, I don't
1: think I don't think that people uh, really s- could stomach all of the truth. Like some people, you know, even black people need a a, a watered down mild version. They, they, they'll say, "Oh, I'm radical. Oh, oh, you just you just put gangster on them. I just went straight out. I don't. Why well, don't go around the bush? We got time to go around the bush get the, Move the bush and then look at here. This is what's happening, right? Let's just talk straight. And so a lot of times people just can't take the truth. And so they just can't take it. So they want to send you back. Well, who said it? What PhD said that? And all that. Hey, I don't got a PhD. I got a PhD. I said it. (laughs) You know, I I said it, right? And one thing for sure, you know, no matter what, you know, and they can go back to, oh, she's been in prison. She's been on bus all of that. But you cannot deny what's tangibly sitting there, right? You cannot deny. The the life that's changed, the buildings that's been built, the the properties that's been bought. You cannot deny the the, the the twenty year track record. You can't deny that it wasn't a fad. It wasn't a phase. You can't deny that. You can't deny the you know the governor's party. You can't deny Ebony Power One Hundred Award. You can't you can't deny these different things. One hundred woke woman. But you can't deny something's going on with that formerly incarcerated, uh, drug addicted homeless woman who came to San Bernardino. can't deny it right and that that the fruit of my labor the fruit of my efforts has manifested to create life for other people to create life for other people because this thing because our thing is you have to that to help a sister so service is built into our model so our women help other women and that's how this thing goes that's why that's why why you got to have a something that's bigger than you if i die tomorrow that doesn't stop what's going on it's not about kim carter you see what I'm saying? I, I, have to, I have to get an award, be on TV, and let everybody know I was homeless, on drugs, in prison. Hey, that ain't how people get it. Where They be like, oh, how you done that?" My guy won't allow me to let let you think for one minute that I got here and did the job myself. You know what I'm saying? He didn't let me be crazy enough to think I can. And he he know I ain't scared to
0: try. I'm bold in that area. I'll try some stuff. <laughs> you know? I mean, and, and you're right. You have touched so many different folks who touch so many different folks who touch. It's like, you know, you know how you saw the movie Pay It Forward and the one person came and then next thing you know, went all around the world, people paying it forward. The, the efforts that you have, you know, you know, put out there, that's what it's been, it's been a pay it forward. Just even like, even the work when, when I was with um, the city of Paris, just you coming in, I, I I've sat back and watched all of those different nonprofits who you came in and did the capacity building with them, the capacity building training with those folks. I have watched each and every one of those different organizations that came in there and how they blossomed and how they went on and then that went on and that went on. And that stemmed from the work that you did with them. You know, one of the things that I, I, I think that I love
1: about this journey is that, you know, you got to pay it forward. And I, I'm never one to, I'm, I'm going to give you everything that I got. Like, like I don't, I'm not going to be like, oh my God, I'm gonna give her this nugget. She's going to take it and, and, get, and get a better result than me. I'm not a hater. I'm a congratulator. Take it and run with it. Do what I could. not Hey, to God be the glory. But at the end of the day, when it comes to nonprofits, they, they make information so hard for us to go get it. And then when we go get it, I sat in so many rooms in the beginning hoping to learn something that they was never going to teach me. Thinking that, oh, my God, maybe, that you know, maybe the drugs miss my brain. Maybe I can't comprehend because I left out of there with this big old book. that I do feel like I can go home and do nothing. But see, that was the game. That was the game of consulting right? they keep you on the hook to always need them and you never get nothing done but i didn't understand that was a part of the nonprofit industrial complex so that's a part of that whole rigmarole. so you go for grant right training you come out you don't even know how to a grant you ain't learned nothing money gone and so i always said i'm gonna provide real training and so the curriculum we put together you know i think like 10 to 12 weeks we did it was designed to make sure that people can learn how to structure their nonprofit business. And now, the the more success that we have, the more credibility they believe. Oh, she really knows her stuff, right? In the beginning, it's like, well, how do you know? You never had nonprofit. I have a nonprofit. I had a nonprofit. I ran a nonprofit. And trust me, nonprofit is just your tax code. You need to make sure you out there raising funds, getting grants to listen to them donors because you need to have money because if when the whole world is ending and there's a pandemic, you're going to have a lot of problems. But you don't want money to be one of them. You know, Like right now, my sisters and brothers, they have non-profits. They can't afford to keep paying their rent because of the pandemic. And they can't do their regular work because of the pandemic. We're fortunate that we owned our own buildings. So we didn't have to worry about no rent. See, mm. that that's the blessing of becoming self-sufficient. Not just you teach your clients to be self-sufficient, but how are you as a non-profit becoming self-sufficient? we have for service programs that help us generate income right so we don't never want to be a dependent we don't want to be a charity that 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 is like you know living from hand to mouth we want to be in position to help other people and you can't do that when you look when you're struggling so we're believing that and we believe in giving back to other nonprofits
0: and that's great that's great because um like i said it creates the cycle and one thing i always tell people i can't stand resource hoggers people who come and they like it's all for me It ain't enough for nobody else I'm gonna come up I could care less about you coming up you know I'd have this information that you can benefit from that's really just gonna not just uplift you but gonna uplift everybody in our community but I'm gonna hold on to that I can't stand what people are like that and it's so many people that I've run across just in these different regions who are, who are doing just that and so for you to be like wait a minute okay I have you know I see the model. I see an unconventional model. Let me make sure I get this out to, to other people so they can go ahead and duplicate and keep this this keep this keep going. Because one, like you said, you can't do it all by yourself. You can't do it all by yourself. You need other people that's going out there, that mouthpiece that's out there like, okay, this is how you do it. And just you, you teaching that in your programs, even with the women who you help. how they continue to pay it forward and like you said coming back alumni coming back saying hey this is what you need to do i did i was in that space two three years ago four years ago five years ago and you can see it wasn't a fluke it wasn't a one-time thing it wasn't a oh i got it together and then two weeks later i was right back in in the system and my kids was right back in the system these these young women are out here holding their jobs you know uh starting businesses, holding their businesses, taking care of their children. Nobody Go has to, college, college to talk about any of that. Going to college, becoming RN, you yes. know, start getting licenses and stuff. They do a big thing. They do a yes. big thing. Yes. And I was just I was just really drawn, like I said, to your creativity. To the fact that you said, Okay, I there's an apartment here, apartment building here. It's half empty. Hmm. We need housing. We ain't trying to buy, it, but we gonna we gonna come up in here and enterprise, right up in somebody else's spot, <laughs> you know, for our folks to be able to, to to be able to do what they need to do. And then branch off, and like you said, you being this this sole black woman in an area that has been dominated by all of these different bureaucrats or whatnot, but not doing anything, holding up progress but not making any progress and then here you come and you you going in the area you ain't you know blight and all blight and all of that stuff you like okay here it is this ain't the best area but we finna make it we, we finna make it right over here because you had this issues, the crimes and all this but when we come in here all that gonna be gone because you got us exactly. in buildings boarded up this so here we come in here and we brought life to the area and then okay. they're like wait a minute now where she come how how she do this how she come in here and do this? How is she building? You know, we we've been talking about building affordable housing for you know fifteen years. She came in here. She she thought she talked about it for a couple of months. Next, you know, she on the agenda. <laughs> you know, and and she's building. So that I mean, just there, there's so much that I mean. That's what I, I mentioned before. Like I can't I, there ain't enough that I can say that can just lay out, you know, I definitely can't lay out like a buffet, like a buffet, like a hometown buffet. I can't even lay it out like that on the things that you have done throughout these different communities that have made positive changes for people, you know, all types of people because yeah, yeah, black women have benefited, uh, black men have benefited, but it's just, it's all folks have benefited from, from what you have been doing. No, I,
1: I think one of the greatest blessings that you know I have and I remember when I was um, incarcerated and addicted to drugs, you know, I always wanted a life. I always wanted a life. I always, I wanted a life. I, did, I needed an environment to change, and so when we talk about environments, when I see, when I see dirt, empty lots and stuff, I see a way to resurrect the building. I see a way to put a hat on and a shovel in my hand, take that photo op, get it out the way, and let's go ahead and start getting these trenches done so we can go ahead and get this foundation laid. I see, a, I see housing is such a crucial piece of stability for women, because when your household is right, it's like when your hair is right, you, you, your whole get down is ready. Right, but if you if you're struggling from couch surfing and not having your kids to be safe, then it, it messes with your whole DNA and it cuts off your creativity. So I think um, you know one of the strategies that oppressor use is to make sure that we didn't have housing or lived in squalid conditions to keep us in a stressful survival mode, so we couldn't ever get past the first two rungs of that mito hierarchy and get into the part of actually being self actualized and be able to give. You now I totally. Really believe that I'm going to be a major philanthropist before my journey's done on this earth. You know, I just truly believe that I'm meant to give. I'm meant to give, right? So, okay, Lord,
0: I'm here. <laughs> Put me in that driver's seat. I'm meant to give. I'm, All right, she said I'm, it here, y'all. She said right, it here. i meant so, to give. So when you be up, you know when you. Clicking on it, you be like, Kim Carter gave, you know, $2.5 million over here. Kim Carter gave, you know, she gave over here to this, gave over here to that. You heard it here. <laughs> no, I'm meant to give.
1: I'm meant, meant to give. I'm meant to give. You know, I started off in this world as a taker, and God transformed me into a giver. And I'm I'm meant to give. So that's my purpose. So for your listeners, you know, go to our website, time. Or changefoundation.org you know i want to talk, talk about amazing young woman vanessa perez who is leading the organization in southern california i'm now the ambassador i am doing new projects expansion projects and fund development so um, we definitely would love for your listeners to log on to our website watch some of our videos and meet some of the women on those videos that you can see their journey we have really good stories on there that women who have lives has transformed you know go to facebook and do that click and that like thing you know i go do all that you know and then hey if you ever in need a consultant if you ever need executive management coaching or if you just want a personal life coach i am a certified gallup strength coach so you know we all have strengths call me 951-217-0971 go on my website
0: kim's Champ. Yeah, and you and yeah. just just from personal. If you haven't done your strength assessment, um, you know you really need to because I, you know, it's, it I don't know how people are really leading in their jobs or or just you know making especially those who are looking to transition and, and looking like okay, where do I go from here? You definitely need to do your strength assessment because I mean it, it was very eye opening for me. Oh my God, three of my strengths are
1: three of my strengths are the least uh or least real my threads are three of the the rarest uh-huh so, activated command relator self-assurance and ideation uh-huh so- well, Activate! I'm always ready to go. People think I'm impatient. I'm not impatient. I'm just ready to go. You, you know what I'm saying? And then command is me. I have presence, so that's why I'm able to be, do great motivational speaking and be a keynote because I have a great presence for my command. And I also will lean into the debate. So I'm not. I don't run from a fight. I stand for the fight. Related me. I can talk to anybody. Self assurance is this basically meaning that I feel like I made good decisions for myself. And ideation. That's the ideation. I get all kind of ideas. I used to think it was. Gotta skit kind of stuff now i know it was a gift i was gonna need the idea to come with a new way to keep reinventing myself reinvent the organization to keep moving forward to stay relevant and stay on top so it was all worth it
0: oh <laughs> uh, i tell you i tell you i tell you you're doing so much and it sounds like you got a lot of things going on in terms of the future um, there's so much going on. You know, you said you're working on legislation. You're working on these business enterprise, which I think is such a fabulous idea because especially that the Rebop the, uh, the Center. D-Bop. Yes, that, that, yes. You know, you got a lot of great things going on. Like I said, you're filling the gaps, you're filling the gaps, you're, you're taking care of the needs because everything that you mentioned is is what I always hear. Out and about in the communities, not just here in California, just across the nation where people just just don't have that, and we always look to government to take care of those things those things, but no, that's why we do have you know our nonprofit organizations, our different community based organizations to help fill in those gaps because who knows how to do it better than the folks who's been out there on the field doing it. So you know, it, we just need some of the government to hand over them dollars, <laughs> so that these efforts can continue to to continue to be supported. But you're you're phenomenal. You're doing phenomenal work. Your organization's doing phenomenal work. Vanessa is out there doing phenomenal work. You know, i be uh, I'll be you know, I, I tell folks all the time, I, I am a, I, I will Facebook stalk you in a minute. I'll be sitting over there on the sidelines like, ooh, I see that. Let me hit like. Oh, let me hit some hearts. But I'll I, I be watching everything that you guys are doing and they are going on, and you're doing fabulous work and continue okay. to do it. And we're going to continue to lift you up in prayer so that you can continue to do it and yeah. to make sure that everything that tries to come against you is, you know, no so, weapons formed. No weapons formed. That's right. No weapons formed and increase your territory. So. You, you know, you are covered, and again, I thank you for being a part of the show. You have, like I said, you have dropped them nuggets, and I'm not talking about chicken or catfish, so y'all put your tortoise sauce away and your uh, barbecue sauce because she dropped some nuggets over here that really is going to take, take our sister friends to another level. So you guys have her contact information. She put it out there. So don't be DMing me two and three o'clock in the morning talking about. It. Let me holler at Kim. Give me Kim's number. Give me Kim information. If you was paying attention, you got it. But but we're hey, making the www k i m. In fact, just Google
1: my name. Google with Kim Carter. That's gonna get you on a trail. <laughs> yeah, Google, Google my name. Him. Kim Carter. Kim Carter. This I'm in Kim the Kim Bay Area. My San number still works. Nine
0: five one two one seven zero nine seven one com All right, so you have the information, ladies. Do not, do not, do not delay. I'm telling you, reach out to Kim. Kim is is one of the greatest resources that I have ever met, and that's why she is here because we own the table. Thank you so much for your awesome political badass move. (laughs) 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 Thank you 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 so much. much. All right, you guys, thank you for tuning in for another episode of We On the Table. We on the table. We 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 own the table. We it, it, don't bring no don't bring no folding chair because we own the table. You have a seat. we not on the menu. We own the table. That's right. We own it. All right. We love you guys, and we'll see you next time.